Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? Everybody good? I'm looking at all you guys online. Thank you for joining us as well. Give it up for them, guys, would you? Everybody, thank you for being here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint Church, and I just want to say this to anybody who's uh, visiting with us today. If you're a guest, thank you so very much. Uh, I say this every week, but um, you could literally be doing every, anything you wanted to do today. Uh, we have this one day of spring that we're celebrating today. Come on, can I get an amen? And you could be out in that, uh, but you're here, you're at home, you're watching this wherever you are, and we're really grateful. Thank you so much. Um, hey, I want to just add my voice to that last announcement that was made, we are gonna do something kind of old school and that um, we do three, we call them semesters, but if there's three, it's really a trimester. Can I get a, a witness, pregnant ladies? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's six weeks in the summer and uh, normally we have groups options that are available to everybody. Um, but this time we're gonna do groups uh, all together in this room. We're gonna clear out these chairs and have tables here. There's a video thing gonna happen. There'll be some, some food out front. Our students are going to be taking care of children over here. This is for the family. Uh, it's based on this uh, resource called I Said This, You Heard That, uh, has a personality um, wiring kind of a test. I think if there's one of the big problems in our country today is that we've forgotten how to talk to each other. I don't think we know how to communicate. I know, I know we know how to type at each other and yell at each other and meme at each other, but the discourse, come on everybody, the discourse is at an all-time low. And I thought it would be really cool if we could start with our own families, our own marriages, our own relationships, with our kids, our parents, our coworkers, and just start by learning how to communicate with each other. And so we're gonna do it right here in this room. Um, and I think it's gonna be pretty awesome. You can register at Next Step Central in the lobby. Um, you can do it online as well. Th those are open. We'll have some of these books available, but you can also just get them on Amazon or wherever you buy books. And I think it's gonna be amazing. One other thing, uh, we'll be going into our summer schedule two Sundays from today. And, and our summer schedule means that we're going to put on pause our Saturday gathering. Now, that's not gonna affect most of you, but if you normally come on Saturday, we won't, ha we won't offer that during the summer. This is uh, about our team, our volunteer teams, our dream team. Um, they often have to work Saturday and Sunday, so they don't get a weekend off with their families, and I just really uh, wanna make sure that they're healthy, they're good, they're taking care of themselves, they're going on vacation, they're resting. And um, so... Nothing will change on Sunday. We'll have our three gatherings on Sunday. Back in the fall, we'll come back and, and, and bring back a fourth. Um, just wanted to give you an update um, two weeks from today. Um, we ended a series last week called Live No Lies, and uh, I, I, um, I, I enjoyed teaching it. It wasn't fun to teach necessarily, but it, I enjoyed it. Uh, and I wanted to come back from th that um, with, with how do we live that out a little bit, and how do we flesh that out. Uh, I don't have a series title. We're just calling it that, one hit wonder, right? Um, we're calling it that. Um, many years ago, probably, I'm guessing 14 or 15 years ago, I had grown up in a denomination um, filled with wonderful people, um, learned so many good things, um, but there were some things that I was confused about and I was trying to learn, I was trying to grow, I was, trying to, I was into the, the Bible a lot. 
And it was during that season when I was doing that that I sort of started feeling alone and, and isolated from, from friends that were like, I don't know what you're doing, bro. And, um, and somebody, a friend of mine handed me a resource. It was a, a, a series of teachings by a pastor named John Orberg. And uh, it was, it just kind of wrecked me and it just opened my heart and my mind. Uh, it was one of many things that helped me get where I'm at here today. I wrote all these notes for it and I didn't do anything with it for a long time. And uh, two months ago, I, I taught on the Beatitudes on a first Wednesday. And so if you were here, you're gonna get to hear it twice. <laughs> um, the, I just felt like the Lord wanted us to, all to hear it. And uh, so I hope it's okay. I wanna teach um, from the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes in particular today. And then I'm gonna go a different place that kind of is part two of this one today. Um, maybe a different take on the Beatitudes than you've heard. There is a song, old school, because I'm old school, um, by a band named Simon and Garfunkel. That's how old I am, just so that some of you don't know that guy, those brothers. Um, they had a song called Blessed. And one of the lines in the first verse by Paul Simon says, blessed are the sat upon, the spat upon, and the ratted on. And it's interesting to me, I think Paul Simon um, maybe understood the Beatitudes better than a lot of religious people did do, including myself. The Beatitudes have been um, kind of an, uh, of an enigma, and if you're wondering what's a Beatitude, um, Jesus taught a sermon where he introduced the kingdom of, uh, of heaven to all those who were listening, and he started off with these words that I'm going to read to you in just a minute, call, and we call them the Beatitudes. Um, and they've been a, an enigma because we, we don't really know what we're supposed to do with them, like in response to them. Um, it, it's, it's, they're among the great literary treasures of the Bible with Psalm 23, the Lord's Prayer, and others like that. We have their words perhaps on a coffee mug or a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. Uh, by the way, the band's gonna come back. We split it in half today. So if you're like, what just happened? Don't they sing more music? They're coming back, all right? So just, we, we thought if you, come, if, if you were late and you were like, what, did, did something take place? We, we just split it in half, all right? So they're gonna come back, all right? Um, I drank Big Red right before I came over and I can feel it, I can feel it. I'm a little, little jittery. Uh, you know, you gotta have your shot of Big Red in the mornings if you're from San Antonio, all right? Anyways, um, what do we do in response to them? Um, are, are they a blessing? Because every one of them says blessed are. Or are they a list of obligations to add to the list of obligations that we think we already have and, and, and it's like, oh, another thing I'm not doing right. I, I want to make the case that they are part of the gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus, of heaven, uh, up there coming down here, which is what the kingdom of God is, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus prayed, taught his disciples to pray, and he says, when you pray, I want you to say, um, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, but here's, the, here's another question. If they are good news, who, who is the good news coming to? Who is it for? Now, 730 years before Jesus would come on scene and do his ministry, a prophet named Isaiah, he was a prophet in, in Israel, one of the major prophets, he says this. This is a messianic text, meaning it's pointing towards Jesus somewhere down the road, and this is the mission of Jesus, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim, say this with me, 
good news to the poor. Now, that's, he's not done. He has sent me to bind up the, the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Now, I want to take your mind to these words here, to bind up the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted in this context is a heart that has been shattered by loss, by pain, by divorce, by abuse, and shattered into a million pieces by rejection, right? And the idea is that the sovereign Lord is going to come up and take the broken, shattered, torn pieces of our hearts and mend them back together, just so you understand. And then there's these two words. He's gonna proclaim freedom for the captives and, 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 and release from, not from prison, but from darkness for the prisoners. Now, it seems like these are the same words, but they're not. Captives are, are people being held against his, their own will because of a wrong that was committed against them. Somebody who was abused, somebody who was assaulted, somebody who was attacked, somebody who was molested at some point in their lives, so much so that they feel like I can't move on from what happened to me. And they are captive to something that happened to them. But a prisoner is, a prisoner is somebody who did, who, who did a wrong thing, who made a bad decision by their own sin, by their own decisions. They have found themselves in, in darkness, spiritually darkness, emotionally shame, guilt, weight. They're prisoners. And the good news is that Jesus came for both. The people who are captive because of somebody harmed them, hurt them, but not just them, but he's come to release from the darkness of their minds and of their spirits and of their soul and of their shame. Prisoners who made bad decisions who think it's done for me, I've, I've lost out, I've missed out. No, 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 you haven't missed out. Whether you're a captive or a prisoner, you have not missed out. You have not missed out. Now just to be clear, he's not, the prophet's not saying that it's good news that people are poor or captive or brokenhearted or, 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 or prisoners, right? He's saying that the good news is that the kingdom of God up there is coming down for those of us who, who would fit in any one of those categories right there. And, and, and Jesus reiterates his own mission 730 years later when he says in Luke 4, it says he unrolls the scroll. They didn't have a Bible like, that looked like this. They had scrolls. He unrolls the scroll to Isaiah, Isaiah 61. He reads this text and then he, he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and he sat down. He sat down. It's, it's, it's on now. Up there is here because I'm here. Now the good news will be for poor people and brokenhearted people, and mourning people, and grieving people, and people who have been held hostage by something that was done to them, or something that they did, who would say, no, I missed out on the good news. I'm an outsider. I'm not invited to the table with the religious folk. People like me never are. I wonder, I wonder if you've ever felt like you didn't fit in, like you didn't belong somewhere, like you weren't welcomed somewhere, like you were an outsider, like you didn't have a seat at a table. I know that I have. And that feeling of, I don't fit, I don't belong, is a lonely, isolating thing. And Jesus is coming along and saying, no, no, I know you don't think it's you, but it is you. There is a seat at my table. 
All of you are welcome in now. The good news is for you. And this is what the ancient world, the people of Israel had been waiting so very long for. The broken, the oppressed, the marginal, the, the religious people, they, were the, they had a sit at the table. They were the in crowd. But these other people were left out. And one day a poor carpenter who had turned rabbi began to walk among the people of Israel in Galilee, the area that he was from. And he began to say, it's here, it's here now. Today, here, now, it's fulfilled in your hearing. And as he starts to go, around in their midst, he begins to walk. He sees people as he walks who are desperately hurting and he begins to touch them and he begins to speak words of life to them and he begins to heal them, blind people, deaf people, hurting people, people with disabilities, people held under the sway of spiritually dark forces, people with leprosy, a skin disease that kept them isolated from the community. He's touching all of them and their bodies are being made, are being healed and their minds are being made whole and everywhere he goes, people are being liberated and released from bondages to sin and heartache and shame and the past. And this is how Matthew says it. Jesus went through Galilee, throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. A synagogue was the local expression of the temple in Jerusalem. They couldn't all go to Jerusalem, so there were synagogues. Here's what he did. Number one, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. And then secondly, he healed every disease and sickness among the people he proclaimed good news and he healed the people right so he's saying hey what you've been waiting for for all these years is now here and so Jesus is going around doing miracles for a few people and people start to hear about it news spread people start coming in droves which is exactly what Jesus hoped would happen or knew would happen I should say and so as the crowds begin to gather he began to teach to explain what's happening now it's no accident that he has these two phrases, proclaiming the good news and healing their sicknesses. He, it's not coincidental. It's not incidental that these two statements are there uh, together because he's proclaiming good news and then he's demonstrating or manifesting its reality. Like, I'm not just saying stuff. It's not just show. It's also tell. Or it's not just tell. Come on. It's also show. We got him backwards, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you remember on the playground, the kids say, well, I, you know, my dad can do this, but you're like, I don't believe your dad can do it, but then dad shows up and he can do it, right? It's like, oh, your dad is better than my dad. Come on, he's awesome, right? <laughs> right? It's show and tell. And, and, and so it, it, this is all that's what's happening right before, right before he launches into the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. I'm telling you all this context so you'll know whether this is good news or just another list, Okay. So, verse 24, news about him spread out all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. 730 years after Isaiah said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to heal and to proclaim and to deliver and to set free 730 years later, he's doing exactly that. Just so we understand who he's preaching the Beatitudes to, these are the people right here. This is a strange group of people. This is the audience. 
This is who's there that day when he begins to preach this. These are not the people who could afford the best of health care, the best of food, the best of the medicine. They were the poor. They were the brokenhearted. They were those who mourned. They were those who grieved. They were those who held captive by evil spirits. This is who's here. And, and, and Jesus, God's anointed one, has been dispensing kingdom power, kingdom reality up there, come down here. He's showing people, hey, something different than you've ever heard of, than you've ever seen, not another religion, something completely uh, other than, and now he has to, he wants to explain to them what's going on. It's not just a random act of power by some magician walking through the land. He wants to make sure people understand what God is up to so that they can respond so that they can join in, so they can become a part, so that they can become his movement, so that they can enter into the blessed life that he's gonna teach them about and become a blessing to a broken, confused, needy, mourning, grieving, chaotic world. This is great news. Gathered around him are the people that Isaiah said would gather around him. And here's the last thing we read before he preaches. New, large crowds from Galilee, his region, the Decapolis, the 10 cities, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Everybody say this with me, large crowds. Matthew five. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside for elevation so that they could see him, so he could see them, so they could hear his voice broadcast, and he sat down. His disciples came to him, it says, and he began to teach them, the disciples, knowing full well there was a large crowd listening in. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember the crowd. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, or the powerless, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now just, just notice this, because if people are insulting you and persecuting you and saying false things because you're a jerk, right? right you're not blessed, right? It's, it's because of me, right? Just a little Bible joke for you there, just to keep you on your toes, right? Rejoice, he's talking to the disciples, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Large crowd, hurting, broken, marginalized, forgotten, abused, abandoned, outsiders. Hear these words, blessed are the poor in spirit. Is this good news for them, yes or no? Yes or no, don't think of it through religious lens because these aren't religious people. These are people who are, looking, who are shepherdless, who are hopeless, and they hear these words. Now, growing up in, ch in church, 
and even into my adulthood, I heard people teach these, and I did myself as a student pastor teach these as the be attitudes. Like these things that we're supposed to be, uh, these things that we're supposed to cultivate in our lives, and, and, and maybe there is some of that in here. I don't think so, but I think maybe, maybe there could be. But the net result of that can be that they, they, don't, they don't come across to the listeners then and to the listeners now as a list of blessings but just another list to make me feel defeated or guilty or like I don't measure up to the religiousness of the day, right? And, and so many times people hear the, the Beatitudes and think, well, I must need to try harder to be poor in spirit. I must need to make sure something bad happens to me so that I can mourn, so I can get into the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't think these are the rewards of the spiritual state to which they're attached. I, I don't think they, they are the results of them either. I could be wrong about this, but I don't think that I am. I think that what Jesus is saying, particularly in verses three, four, and five, uh, I don't think he's saying try hard to be poor in spirit or try hard to mourn. Um, I don't think that's what this is. I don't think Jesus is giving advice or a how-to. I think this is Jesus making an announcement. Five, six, and seven, Matthew, announcement. If you go read in your Bible, you'll see every little section has a header. Like, here's what life in God's kingdom will look like. When the, when the kingdom of heaven comes upon you because you have given your heart and your life to Jesus. This is what it's gonna look like, right? It's a declaration of grace and blessing of what is now arriving to these people who have forever been outsiders, marginalized, and forgotten. But now, today in your hearing, Jesus says, this is fulfilled. The kingdom has come and, and blessed are those who have never been blessed before, right? L- let me show you another passage, identical situation, Luke 6. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you who, who when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, because of Jesus right, right, blessed are all of you in seeming situations that seem not blessed at all, but there is blessing coming, just hang on to it, so, so not, not because it's good to be poor or hungry or weepy or insulted or rejected, but because the kingdom of heaven is now available to anyone who's going through any of that, Jesus has come, so when Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, a lot of times we misunderstand that to think, I don't even know what poor in spirit is. I don't even know how to come, become poor in spirit, right? So, so Dallas Willard, USC philosopher, writer of amazing books, deeply religious man, he's passed on now. He, he translates verse three like this, blessed are the spiritual zeros, the spiritually bankrupt, the deprived and deficient, the spiritual beggars, those without a wisp of religion. Blessed are they, here's the caveat, when the kingdom of the heavens comes upon them. They were spiritually bankrupt. They were spiritually deprived and and deficient. But when they invited Jesus to come be the ruler and, and, and Lord of their hearts, the kingdom of heaven came upon them and now they are blessed. These are the spiritually impoverished, the hurting, the broken, the wounded, the forgotten, the marginalized. And by the way, if I never see myself in that category, I will never learn to know the blessing of the Beatitudes. If I think of myself as I got it together and I'm all that and I'm religious and I understand everything and I know it all, I'll never experience the blessings of the Beatitudes. I'll never get there. The Beatitudes place blessings upon 
those who from a human point of view, particularly a religious point of view, are regarded as the most hopeless, the most beyond all possibility of God's blessing and interest and declaring, in fact, they are the ones who are most blessed by God himself. The people that everybody else says, nah, God says, yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so the religious system of his day and sometimes, sometimes ours too, left the multitudes out, left outsiders on the outside, did not welcome them in, but Jesus welcomed them all into his kingdom. I was, a, a couple of months ago, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a, a friend of mine's church there, uh, just preaching because I'm one of the overseers for his church, and he was telling me about this organization that they work with who work with long-term inmates who've been in prison for 40 years or more. That's, that's the sort of litmus test. And when they come out, the world has changed so dramatically. You guys know our world changes in one year, six months, one week. We don't even know how to keep up with it. Imagine 50 years you've been shut away. And so this group helps them and they bring them to his church. And he said a couple of men came from Angola, had been in Angola for 50 years. They went in young men, they came out old men. At the end of the message, one of the men came forward. I got to meet him. Eyes just weeping at the beauty of the gospel that God, and here's his words, that God would save someone like me. And then they were doing baptisms that day, and so he baptized him, and he said when he came out of the water, he said God just gave him a picture that this man, 50 plus years in Angola, God now sees him in the same way he saw Billy Graham or T.D. Jakes, or any other giant of the faith. Blessed are the poor in spirit and the captives. The moment that they come into the kingdom of God, they are blessed, blessed. No matter what their previous state was, they are blessed. I just want a picture with me, if you can. Jesus would often teach, and he would teach using metaphors, and he would teach using illustrations. He would talk about children, and he would bring a children uh, uh, to himself. So he, the Bible doesn't say he did this, so I'm not trying to make that case. I'm just getting you to imagine how this could look to the people listening. Imagine someone who has been brought to him who was demon-possessed and oppressed. You talk about spiritual bankrupt. You talk about spiritually deficient. You talk about a spiritual zero. Nobody has the, the title of that like this man does. But now here he is, calm, in his right mind, smile on his face. Maybe Jesus brings him up and says, you wanna know who's blessed? Blessed are the spiritual basket cases. Blessed are the spiritual zeros when the kingdom of heaven comes upon them. And then he smiles at him and maybe that guy goes and sits down. He's like, wow, wow. And everybody's looking at him going, wow. Nobody's ever looked at him before going, wow. They've always went, wow. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, yeah, it's me. I'm the poster boy of the blessed life. And everybody's like, I can't believe it. One of us is, is, is called blessed. Nobody's ever said we could be blessed. Nobody ever said we could be part of the, the, the in crowd. But here we are. Here we are blessed. And we don't even, and we don't even know why. And he didn't deserve it. And he didn't, he didn't know why. But Jesus came to him. And Jesus came for him because he was a spiritual zero. Because he was a spiritual basket case. And blessed are those who thought they had missed out. Who thought they had missed out on the good life. Missed their chance. Who thought they'd never make it through this loss. Or through that divorce. Or through this heartache. Or through that heartbreak. But because now, through me, here is the kingdom. If you want it, come in. I'm going to comfort 
those who mourn and I'm gonna come to the brokenhearted and I'm gonna bind up the wounds, the tattered, torn, broken, fragmented pieces of broken hearts and lives. I'm gonna put them back together. I'm going to mend them. I'm going to make them whole again. And many of the Beatitudes involve situations of dire human needs that left people hopeless that left people forever on the outside. So when he says, blessed are the meek, these are the people who've been pushed around their whole life long by the powerful. He says the meek, they're gonna inherit the land. This comes straight out of Psalm 37, 11, where it says the meek will inherit the earth. And the earth means the land because the meek are the powerless and they're powerless because they are landless. They don't own land. They don't own their own homes. Other wealthier, bigger people do. They were peasants. In Jesus' day and still in the Middle East, whoever owns the land, big deal. Whoever doesn't, outside looking in, meek, powerless. And the vast majority of everybody listening to Jesus on this day, they're in this category. They have no hope of land. They have no hope of home ownership. So Jesus pronounces, blessed are those who have no leverage and no connections and no assertiveness. He's not saying be shy, be timid, be unassertive. He's saying, hey, congratulations to the people who felt like they've never had power because here's the kingdom now. And nobody, not even the powerful, not the connected, not the super religious can keep you out good news happy are the meek because the kingdom's power is coming to them and nobody can stop the power of God coming in the hearts and lives of people nobody can stop it and the moment the moment you come into the kingdom you are now an heir of the king that's what he's saying you didn't have any land you didn't have any hope you didn't have any power while you were on this earth but one day first peter 1 and 4 says you have an inheritance that is incorruptible that it will never fade will never disappear nobody can take it away from you it's waiting for you in heaven blessed are the meek for they will inherit the land the kingdom of god the heavenly Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know why this is so significant to that crowd? Because they've never been given righteousness. The righteousness was reserved for the very religious elite. Nobody was nominating them to be an elder or a deacon in their church. Nobody was saying, hey, you should go to seminary. But now, because of Jesus, righteousness, right standing with God, peace with God is available to them too. God's presence, God's favor, God's love, God's mercy is now available to you, which means that what you did in your past does not disqualify you from what God wants to do in your future. Righteousness is available to you. I don't care what happened. Somebody needs just to hear that because you think I'm disqualified because of what I did. I'm disqualified because of what somebody did to me. I don't ever think I'll ever turn into anything. Listen, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled. Come on, somebody. You are not disqualified by what's happened to you. And this is why Isaiah 52 says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the one. He's talking about Jesus who comes to say, good news, our God reigns. Good news, the gospel of the kingdom, our God reigns. Because now when I come and say, God, I want you to be my father. I want you to be my Lord. I become an heir to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So blessed, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the one who comes to say and bring glad tidings. Come on, somebody. I think about I think about how this applies to my life and to all of us here now those of you who are at home 
What might Jesus say if he were sitting on a hillside looking at all of us in the here and the now? Blessed are the anxious. Blessed are the underemployed. Blessed are the unemployed. Blessed are the divorced. Blessed are those without a home. Blessed are the dropouts and the burnouts and the leftouts. Blessed are the chronically angry. Blessed are the addicted and the frustrated. Blessed are those who struggle with mental illness. Blessed are those who struggle with depression, not because it's good to be anxious or depressed or or to be frustrated or addicted or whatever. Not, Not because of any of those things, but because Jesus has come specifically for those of us who would say, I struggle with that or or any other things. Blessed are the parents who feel like they are failures. Blessed are the children who ran away. Blessed are the barren who can't have their own children. Blessed are the pregnant out of wedlock. Blessed are the failures. Blessed are the chronically ill because the kingdom of God has come for people just like us, everybody. And the moment you come to Jesus with any of that or all of that, blessed are you. Your past no longer defines you. No longer. Blessed. 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 Anyone who's on the outside looking in, you're blessed. Is this good news for anybody just yet? Is it good news, yes or no? Come on. Blessed are you who felt that because of your bad genes or your bad health or your bad circumstances, your bad looks or your bad choices that you've been cut off forever from a chance of a life worth living. You have not missed your chance. Jesus has come for you. And if you receive it, if you receive the gospel and you let it transform your life, it not only transforms your life, you get to become part of the, of the solution for this world. Then those words that were spoken to Abraham all of those years ago, I will be your God and I will bless you and all the peoples of the earth, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you, Abraham. And that becomes us now, this community of faith where we we realized, hey, I was this, but God has blessed me and now I get to be part of a community of, of bright light, a city on a hill that cannot be hid, of good news, of hope, of help. And I can tell you that personally, as I've reflected on this text this week again, and I didn't look at it through religious eyes, I realized that I'm a long way from where I could or should be probably. I'm 50. Some of that's old for y'all. I know some of y'all are like, that dude's old, man. If I'm just doing real talk here, I struggle sometimes with my attitude. I know none of you do, but I do. I struggle sometimes with my motives. I struggle sometimes with my disciplines. And I can tell you that nobody needs God's kingdom to come down on them any more than I do. But can I tell you something else? You want to know who's blessed? Me. I'm blessed, not because I get it right all the time, not, not because I have everything together or because I know it all or because I'm smart. I'm blessed because Jesus came for me. I don't know why he did, but he came for me. And, and you know what? He, he, he came for you too. And every one of you, you, you know who's blessed? It's not just me. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you at home. 
It's you watching online. It's you. You see, Romans 5 says, verse 6, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, no power to change our own outcomes, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not not because we live a well-managed life or because we have a lot of resources or because we're well-off, well-fed, well-educated, well-resourced, well-dressed, but because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And why did God need to do that? Why did God need to send his son like that? Because you're in a messed up, goofed up, junked up, knee deep, desperate, choking condition just like I am. Good news, good news. Blessed are you, blessed are you. Jesus has come for all of us to transform our lives so that the kingdom of God is coming down here at life point, at home. And if we'll just receive it as broken, needy people, then out of that broken, needy blessedness that Jesus brings, we become a blessing to other people. And this is what we're gonna talk about next week. And in, in, in my life, as he transforms my life, and in, as, in your life, as he transforms your life, and as, as he transforms all of our lives, and we become this giant community where we put out this big welcome sign, to who wants in to the kingdom? Because everybody's welcome, and nobody's perfect, but with Jesus, everybody, anything is possible. With Jesus, anything is possible. So that everybody... And anybody from every education, every culture, every language, every people group can say, I can become part of that community and I can be a blessing to the rest of the world that grace has flowed down to me and now grace can flow through me. So blessed, 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 blessed. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, blessed when you go. We cast down every stronghold. Sickness and poverty must cease. Come on, I'm quoting an old Fred Hammond tone, tune right now. I could sing it, but then y'all don't leave. Come on, somebody. But listen, we are blessed coming. We are blessed going. That's what God's word says. And, and the Bible says that the God of peace will crush Satan under his feet. Come on, somebody, that you're struggling right now with this or that. The God of peace, the God who seems, hey, I'm peaceful, but he's going to come and crush Satan under his feet. That means that you are a victor, and you are a victor, and you are a winner. I don't care what anybody says about you. You are part of the winning team, everybody. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Band's going to come back and rescue me right now. Before I get all preachy up in here, y'all don't know how I grew up Pentecostal. We yelled from start to finish in the sermon. So um, I want you to, they're going to sing and they're going to move this stuff. Today I, have, I had them put out these knee pads up here. The church I grew up in, everybody came to the front. Everybody came to the front. Everybody prayed and everybody cried and everybody wept. And you don't relax. I'm not making you come up. Like, we got to go. No, you don't. Some of you, though, maybe it's time to do something old school like come to the front. Not because you're broken or, or, or messed up or jacked up, but because we all are. 
Did I hurt your feelings? We all are. And sometimes we just need to go, God, again. Can I tell you this message is not just for people who would say I'm an outsider. This message is as much for anybody as people just like me, religious people who think I know it all, I've heard it all, I've seen it all. Oh, man. Until we become like children, the Bible, Jesus said. Until we realize I don't have it all together. I'm not all that. Can I tell you, at 19 years old, raised in church my whole life, followed all the rules, and we had a thousand of them. Tried my best to do them all. Tried my best to live religious. Tried my best to do it all. But at 19 years old, Jesus came to me and called me. I was arrogant. I was prideful. I was cocky. I was full of myself. Some of you are like, you still are? Come on, man, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And he said, you have no idea how much you need me. And you have no idea how much I want you to follow me. I want you to become part of the city on the hill, Danny. I want you to become part of the, 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 the glad tidings. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to tell people there's freedom and there's hope and there's life. He came for me, everybody. In my religion, he came and rescued me from my religion. Not, not, I'm not talking bad about the thing I grew up in. It, they taught me so many good things, so many wonderful things. I'm just telling you, God came for me. And God has come for you as well. He's come for you. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to sing. If you want to come to the front, you can. If you want to be received prayer, our prayer partners are going to be on the side. We're going to sing one song, and they're going to let you go. So Lord, in the name of Jesus. I just pray for the people who feel beat up by life. The people who have been held captive by something that happened to them. I promise freedom. The people who feel imprisoned in darkness because of their own bad decisions, who feel shame, who feel guilt the people whose hearts are just broken into a million pieces because of loss, because of divorce, because of rejection, because of abuse. You've come to bind up their wounds and bind up their broken hearts, I pray. So I pray healing and help and hope and grace and blessing, blessing. May they walk out of here feeling blessed, filled with hope, filled with life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.